0: I know Sophia said that, you know, if there if there wasn't a Sophia Robinson in the world, the world would have gone on, but I can't imagine a world without Sophia Robinson in it. Welcome to Waiting is the Hardest. The focus of this podcast is sharing stories of people overcoming difficult situations in life. Our goal is to inform and educate you through stories of hope, healing, and perseverance. Hit stop now if you're sensitive to mature subjects. Because this story is raw, real, and unfiltered. Episode 2, the backstory of Sophia's birth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Janita. Welcome to Waiting is the Hardest. Excellent. Okay, so
1: because the audience cannot see us, I will um, update you. Sophia does not look very interested um, in hearing the backstory. <laughs> Of her birth.
0: (laughs) Well, Sophia, what happened was, and Lisa, audience, Lisa didn't look too interested either because the because Sophia's dad is Lisa's brother, so she's like, "What are we about to get into?"
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Wait a minute, I'm kind of with Sophia, but someone has to be on the receiving end of this." So
0: it's part Um, of the story. It's part of the story.
1: That will be me. Okay. Well. So Janita, <laughs> please share with the audience. Um, so uh, Janita and Tevis, which is my brother, already had at this point a beautiful baby boy, bouncing um, baby boy, bouncing baby boy, who is uh, three years four, four years older mm-hmm. than Sophia. Um, and yeah, I learned I was going to be an auntie again. So Sophia, uh, in the chain is my fourth niece. So tell us, tell us the backstory of Sophia's.
0: Well, first I want to know, how did you get the news that you were going to get to get be auntie again? You know what?
1: I feel like if I remember correctly, um, yeah, this is probably right. So uh, my parents are really, really big on Christmas and they will gather the entire family at their house. That has been their thing for not for my entire life because we spent um, a good chunk of the early years traveling to grandparents and aunts and uncles. But anyway, I believe it was Christmas time, and I feel like we were upstairs in one of the bedrooms, and he was like, Girl, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I didn't see it coming. I'm like, you pregnant, I'm like, girl, and and I got a little bit of the backstory, um, which I don't think that's the backstory this audience will get, but I got a couple of details. Oh, I gave you details. The... Yeah, you gave me some details. Then you gave me some oh, details. Wow. Then I could, wow. but the audience, I couldn't even put the ear muscle on. I didn't know what was coming. She just hit me with the one, and then hit me with the two. Boom, boom.
0: Wow. So, oh. <laughs> wow.
1: Suppose, she, yeah. she implied there was a lot of influence and just the energy of my brother at that time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to, to, be <laughs> to be young, to be young, man. I was uh, Sophia's Sophia. Well, I was 22, 22. Wow. Sophia, can you imagine 30, having a baby, being pregnant? No. Not at
1: all. 22 when you had her or 23?
0: I was 23 when I had her. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. so
2: yeah
0: i thought that's do. another mm-hmm. yeah I, I had turn... well no i because i found out i was i found out i was pregnant with her on friday the 13th y'all friday november
2: 13th wow. <laughs> oh my goodness mm. yep
0: so it was fresh so if you if i told you on, on christmas then that means i had just found out
2: wow wow yeah. So I feel like that's important to know. You heard my mom say she was 22, her first kid when she was 19. So not only was she a young mother, but she was a young mother with a sick kid. So mm, keep that in true. mind as we're going through this story.
0: Very true. Very true. So yeah, so okay, so, <laughs> so I sprung it on you on Christmas. Like, here's, a on you on Christmas. here's a gift. Christmas. The gift that keeps on getting. So yeah, so When I, um, you know, found out I was pregnant with Sophia and part of the story. um, So Lisa mentioned that um, Tevis, her brother and and I already had a son. And when I was pregnant with my son, again, 18 years old when I was pregnant with him, that was when I found out that I had sickle cell trait before that point i had never ever ever heard of sickle cell anemia i never heard of the sickle cell trait i did not know what it was when the doctor um told me about it i was like what does that mean like i had no idea and so you know he explained it to me and so um you know there's a when you so what happens is when you have sickle cell trait and you um you conceive with someone else who has sickle cell trait You have a 25% chance of, of your child being born, your baby being born with sickle cell anemia. If you have the trait, then, you know, you have some issues, but not, not nearly as many complications as if you have the full blown disease. So when I had my son, he had the trait. So I'm like, okay, cool. But now here I am again, pregnant, and I'm about to take this, this chance again, roll this dice again of potentially having a baby with sickle cell. And because of that, I had told myself that I did not, knowing what I learned, knowing what I knew and what I had learned about sickle cell anemia, I did not want to bring a child into the world who had the disease. I just thought that was, you know, I just thought that was just not okay, right, to to knowingly have a child who had um had the disease and to put them through a life of pain. And, you know, that's how I felt at that time back then. So, when I found out I was pregnant, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily happy about it because I'm like, wow, I got to like take this chance again, right? I got to roll this dice again. And because I wasn't particularly happy about it, my strategy, now remember I was 22, my strategy was, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be excited about this. I'm going to wait and I'm going to take a test because they could tell you at 16 weeks if you, um, or maybe, yeah, 16 weeks. They could tell you at 16 weeks if your child had was going to have um, sickle cell anemia or any other type of diseases through this process called a amniocentesis, and that's where they take this needle, they put it in your um, stomach, pull out some amniotic fluid, and then they send it off to a lab and and you know tell you the results. So I was not you know I was like i'm I'm gonna wait if this baby if it comes back that this baby has sickle cell anemia. I'm not going to continue on with the pregnancy. If the baby does not have sickle cell anemia, then I will um, carry out the pregnancy and move forward. So, you know, go forward, you know, wait until 16 weeks. I have the procedure, the amniocentesis. They send off the results. I get the results back however, however long it takes. And they tell me that my baby has the trait, okay? My unborn baby has the sickle cell trait. I am ecstatic because they're like, oh, not only does your baby have the trait, it your baby only has a trait, but also you're having a baby girl. So I'm like, oh my God. Hey, now I'm about to have a little girl. I always wanted to have a bigger brother. I hated being the old the the oldest child. I hated not having a little brother a bigger brother that I could say, Oh, you mess with me. I'm gonna go get my big brother on you to beat you up. Like I I was so sad that I didn't oh, have this that.
2: Really
0: in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Lisa has four brothers. So you telling me it didn't didn't happen out? <laughs> yeah, you, you. whatever. You.
1: As a powerful woman, I never ever went and got my brothers. Would they have had my back? Period. But <laughs> period. I, I got it. Sophia
0: said, it. "Period." Okay. Well, I really want. I I really wanted that. I always wanted to have a big brother that I could go and get somebody to beat up. Wait, just wait. We'll tell my brother on you. So anyway, so I was I was very excited. Not only I was so excited that I remember, like I had people, re- my mom and people. At get me stuff for Sophia for the baby's room. And I wouldn't do, I wouldn't like put up any shelves. I wouldn't do anything. Like I was just, I was just, you know, holding back on any kind of emotion. And once they told me that that baby did not have sickle cell and it was a girl, Oh my God, skies was the limit. I started like going and getting decorations and putting up the shelves. I remember my, um, I bought all this stuff and my girlfriend, Tanisha, she um I was working late one night. She was watching our, my son and um and I came home because I was still in college, mind you. So I come home and she had like um decorated my room, decorated the baby's nursery because I didn't have time to do it. So I was just like all of that love that I was holding back until I found out what the results were. Mm -hmm. That love that the floodgates were open with this love. I was just so excited. And, um, and so, you know, I continued on. So that was at, let's say that was at, I don't know, maybe 20 weeks, 12 weeks, 12 weeks later, 32 weeks, I'm sitting at home. I get a phone call from my midwife. No, no. I get a call from the hospital. And they tell me that the results of the amniocentesis were incorrect. Mm -hmm. And that my baby, my baby girl, did in fact have sickle cell anemia. And initially, I think I was in shock because I don't, I, I remember I was not upset. I was like, okay, thanks, thanks for letting me know. And I remember hanging up the phone, and then, um, and then maybe thirty minutes later, my midwife called. And by that, by the time my midwife called, I was a bucket of tears, just a just a pool of tears because I had processed what they said, the realization was, you know, wearing on me, dawning on me about what was what was happening and what what was said to me. And so, you know, I talked with my midwife about, you know, what that meant, um, what kind of life, quality of life my daughter could have. Um I asked her what the options were because she knew what my what my intent was if the results would have been positive at sixteen weeks or you know thereabouts, and so she said that I could come in and I could talk to the attending at the hospital and and they would talk to me about my options. So we went to this appointment with the attending, um, and I remember he was talking to me about a um, it what was in essence, a partial birth abortion. And, Mm. and, you know, he said I would deliver the baby and they would terminate the baby. And he was just saying how it was an awful process. Nobody wants to be there, you know, and he was, and I, and I took all the information in and I was just like, you know, there's no way, like, there's no way that I can, I can do that. Like, I just can't, I, you know, I just cannot do that. And so, um, I just remember leaving that, that office just, I was just, I, I just didn't know what, I just didn't know what to expect, right? Mm. I just didn't know what to expect. Um, I remember my good friend, Brenda, who I talked about in, in the last season. So Brenda and I had just met, I was student teaching and, um, And I remember talking to her about the situation and she gave me a scripture from Isaiah, I believe. And, um, and basically the, the scripture was just about, you know, having faith. And, um, um, I still have that sticky note in fact. And so, and I just really meditated on that. I remember, um, somebody else had me talk to a parent whose child had sickle cell And, um, I talked to that mom and she, you know, I remember her telling me, you know, be encouraged your child's, your baby's going to be fine. Like, you know, I was just getting a lot of encouraging words. And so I was just like, you know, I'm just going to ride this out. I'm 32 weeks. I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to, you know, the thing is the first year. So the first year when sickle cell patients are, babies are born the first year they're fine because they have normal hemoglobin levels and so I just remember saying that I was going to have this baby girl and I was I was just gonna love on her for that first year I was just gonna you know just gonna enjoy that first year like knowing that she wasn't gonna have any problems and I was going to um um Power of positive thinking. So I was going to just believe that she was going to be fine, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I also remember having a an appointment with the doctor with the nurse practitioner at the University of Michigan. And this this is why Sophia said, "Remember, so remember, my mom was twenty two at the time." So I remember talking to this nurse; her name was Sally, Um, and I talked to her on the phone and we were going to have a office visit. And I remember her saying, um, she's, I said, well, if I have some questions, where can I send them? And so she was like, oh, well, you can fax them over to this number. And because this was before, you know, email wasn't that big back then. And so um, so I remember my best friend, Sophia's godmother and my son's godmother, um, We we went through and we like came up with 23, between 25 to 30 questions. And I found these questions recently and sent them over to Sophia. And I was 22, Hillary was 23. And when I read these questions this past summer, I was like, oh my God, like we was... The bomb.com. And I remember Sally thinking that we were the bomb.com because I think Sally was probably like, Yeah, yeah, send your little questions over. And when she got the questions and I met with her in person at the office visit, she was like, Well, I see you've done your research. <laughs> 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 like I was talking about. I was asking about hydroxyurea, you know, and, and Sophia didn't start on hydroxyurea until like years later. Like it wasn't even big at the time in 99 or 98, whenever it was. So, you know, I, I just, I just said I was going to love my baby and I was going to become informed and, and we were just gonna, we were just gonna see what happens. Yeah. And that's what happened.
1: So, Sophia, how do you feel about hearing the backstory that your mom just shared?
2: Yeah, I feel like for me it's just another day of hearing the story because I hear the story so much, which I'm fortunate that it wasn't hidden for me. I knew. I knew that was almost terminated, which I am pro choice, and I think my mom is pro you're pro choice, right?
0: Say again. You're, yeah i'm pro-choice
2: yeah so we're a pro-choice family i can't speak for everyone in the family but most of us are pro-choice so you know i appreciate her honesty okay okay i was. <laughs> I can't speak for everybody well okay let me chime in then <laughs> i was scared to ask i'm like we never talked about that and i don't you know that's a whole nother that could be a whole nother season but um so we are the three wonderful people on the screen right now. We're all pro-choice. So um, I'm fortunate that my mom is able to be vulnerable and share that part of the story and being 100% honest that, you know, the wonderful Sophia that you're listening to right now almost wasn't a thing. And if I wasn't here, you know what, what would have happened? The world still would have went on. And I acknowledge that, but I am lucky to be a human in this world. And um, yeah, I'm, it's cool hearing that story again.
1: Oh, I love the way you put that. Um, okay. So, so uh, not Sophia, uh, Johnita. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about going from being essentially reserved. Let me see, you know, how these results shake out. Getting the results, being a static, getting the call, right? Now being... Uh, in tears did you ever get back to that happy place or did you get into that mode mom of I need to do my research I need to see how I'm going to make this situation work for my child did you ever get back to being ecstatic and decorating the room and my baby girl and this is going to be amazing or were you in survivor mode
0: I was um I was in I think because of the timing, it was, you know, at that point it was 32 weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. thereabouts. And so, um, and I was also trying to graduate (laughs) from college at that time (laughs) that I was just, you know, I think, I'm sure, yeah, I was in like, I gotta, I gotta get ready. I gotta get prepared, you know, um, and I gotta graduate. And so yeah, so I think it was just the timing of it. Um, I'm sure I was happy. I mean, I'm sure I was happy. It's just that when I recount the story, like the ecstaticness was, I very much remember being ecstatic when they when they said she had the trait. I don't. Ecstatic is not the first word that comes to my mind when I think about after I walked out of that. Doctor's appointment.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Okay. Yeah. And and you know, we are a uh faith based family. I can say mm-hmm. that right.
0: Yes. Okay. Well for yep. me, I don't know about other
1: people in the family. <laughs> I know. You know, that's that that's why I had to put it out there. I just learned a lesson. I'm easy <laughs> and I don't want to make any assumptions.
2: Yes, um, faith
1: based. Okay. So we're a faith based family. So looking back on it, did it feel like wow, that was God, right? That set it up so that those results would be incorrect, but told to you that, Hey, everything's good. Go ahead, girl, move forward. This, this, yep. This baby is meant to be.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, 100, 1000%. Yes. Um, I I know Sophia said that you know if there if there wasn't a Sophia Robinson in the world the world would have gone on but I can't imagine a world without Sophia Robinson in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. she is just so remarkable, so phenomenal. And she balances out all of the testosterone that was in my house from my husband and two boys, and so I just can't even imagine not having a not having another female in the household. Like, you know, we had. I think I, I I like to think we had some fun, lots of jokes and laughs, and we still have fun and jokes and laughs. And so, I just can't even imagine there her not being in my life and in this world. Like she, she gives so much to the world also. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I do think that that was God being like, "Mm, nah, let me, you know, like you think you have a plan, but let me put my plan into place so that my ultimate plan, which is to have this young lady be in this world and contribute to this world and have her light shine in this world, be here right? Because I have a bigger plan. I have a bigger plan for her. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than what you think. And so let me put these wheels in motion.
1: And Sophia, how do you uh, process that? Do you see like, oh my God, you know, obviously I was meant to be here hearing that backstory, the evolution of it, um, you know, and taking your faith into consideration?
2: Yeah, I think that, definitely shows that it was a sign for me to make an appearance in this world and i definitely am great even though i know the world would have went on without me i definitely am grateful to have a chance at this life and to play the game and to be here um with you all so yeah Mm -hmm. excellent excellent okay and uh, Janita,
1: uh, I think to close this out, unless you have something else you want to say, what would you say to that, that mother who is pregnant, um, finding out that there is some issue with their baby? How would you encourage her in this moment?
0: I would encourage her to trust in God and lean not on your own understanding. Mm. you know um and the scripture goes on to say you know acknowledge him and he'll direct your path of course I'm paraphrasing but he will he will direct your path and and so that's what i would say and and you have to lean into your faith lean on your faith and if you don't have faith get some faith <laughs> so yeah that's that's what i would say
2: next time on waiting is the hardest after he saw that movie that's when he was like oh no i'm not doing that
0: this podcast is about the blessings and breakthroughs that result from waiting Share your story of waiting at Waiting is the Hardest Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on all social media channels. Just search for Waiting is the Hardest Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you.